Hey y'all, you're listening to Naptime Investigations, a true crime podcast. What we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke. Listener discretion is advised. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Taylor. We're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our children to sleep. Thanks for being our kind of person and joining us to talk about what normal people think is inappropriate for small talk. Hey! I feel like we haven't recorded in forever. Like, it feels like we haven't. Do we even podcast? Who are we? I don't, I don't know. Welcome. Shrackham. Welcome, it's us. We're back. It's another installment of the Wacko Show. <laughs> the case that we're going to talk about today is the case of Kristen Smart. So, Kristen Smart. Kristen. 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 It sounded like Kristen Smart. Kristen. Kristen Smart. Okay. I don't know how to enunciate. It's fine. Just. I, I enunciate less, you enunciate more. We honestly make a complete couple. <laughs> Balance each other out. It's fine. All Actually, right. I, as people have told me that like, people have told me that we sound alike. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I feel like we sound so different on like the way that we say things. But I have heard that too. Somebody, one of my girlfriends had said, oh, I'm listening. And I think that it's you. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that's Taylor. And I'm like, yeah, that's so sweet but interesting 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 mm. so we'll see i'm curious how many episodes it takes people to tell us apart or if they can or if, or if right. they can't you know enough of the stuff so um so yeah so we're going to talk about uh kristen smart today and before we get into the depths of the case i just want to let y'all know that there is a whole podcast dedicated to Kristen's case that goes into way more detail than I could ever, ever go into. And it was done so good. So after this, if you want more detail about her case, definitely check out your own backyard podcast because it has so much more information on her case and kind of gives you ideas of the people involved. But a lot of research that I've done came from the podcast. It's just, I'm not going to go into the detail that they did because I'm, it, it's literally an entire podcast. So. It's just an episode, just an episode. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so the case that we're going to talk about is Kristen Smart. Kristen was born February 20th, 1977 in Augsburg, Germany, to her parents, Dan and Denise Smart. Her parents were both teaching, I think both or one of them, I'm not too sure, were teaching military children on base. Were they military? think her dad was so i would assume that there wasn't just two i just know that they were there teaching children sure Um, i guess would be i don't know once again i don't know but my guess would be dad's military mom found a job on base teaching right right that's Um, probably my guess so kristen was said to have an adventurous spirit and while she may not have shown it at times she had this level of confidence that she knew that she could do anything she set her mind to Kristen wanted to learn Spanish. She became an exchange student in Venezuela. She wanted to become a lifeguard slash camp counselor. She became one at a summer camp in Hawaii. Honestly, literal goals. Like, 
this yes. girl, the base, so basically what I'm getting at is that she set goals and she did them. So how old was she around this time that we're talking about? When all of this happened that she was in her freshman, freshman year of college. So my dude, I, I, I feel like I am a well-rounded human being for being 28, <laughs> but that is well-rounded. <laughs> That's what I was i am rethinking everything i i my everything i thought about myself can i is. can i quit my current job to just go be a camp counselor in hawaii same i think I'm like i would that part i know i feel like that's something that everybody needs to do so much fun how does one get that that job i don't know i don't know google i'm gonna, I'm gonna google it how to become a camp counselor <laughs> Okay, anyway. Yeah, I take my kids. <laughs> but I'm the husband. Not work. Will you pay my bills? <laughs> Can I take my cat? Yeah, right. Who's gonna feed who's gonna feed Bane? <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway. Yes. Anyways. So Kristen had two younger siblings whom she was very close with. She was said to be the one who would kind of just bring everybody back together. So she was the glue of the family, essentially. I'm the opposite. Same. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the 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 thing that breaks the glue apart. Yeah, I'm yep. the instigator and the <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so in June of 1995, Kristen graduated from Lincoln High School in Stockton, California. She had been accepted to California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo, which is referred to as Cal Poly. So that's kind of what we'll go because I'm not about to say this whole thing a million times. Understandably. So while she was away at school, Kristen maintained her very close relationship with her family and was super religious about calling every Sunday. Not, she wasn't religious, but she was religious. I just got this death stare about being religious. (laughs) I, I already know what that face was. I know oh i'm glad that she called her family regularly i really thought you were gonna say she was religious she was really was like religious another yeah. religious person i mean like if religion's your thing i mean like do you dog but not not our thing if you haven't picked up on that definitely not definitely not no she was not religious well i say i'm not gonna say that she was not because i don't think that she was but she, I don't know. She might have been. That's not what we were saying. But that's not what I'm saying. She was just her habit was. She her, habitually called. She her habitually family. called her family every Sunday, so that was her Sunday routine. Just put it like that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, there. So there wasn't much information for like between when she got to school and when everything went down. So from my assumption is that she was doing her thing she was she was struggling the podcast again i'm going to refer back to this podcast a lot had mentioned that um she was struggling in school and i believe at one point wanted to leave college that was pretty much it like there wasn't i think that her her parents were encouraging her um to continue at school because she wanted to be an architect and which is why she went to cal poly um so we're talking about from the time she started, which I'm assuming is like early to late fall, August-ish. So when did this happen? She graduates in June of 1995 mm-hmm. of, for high school, right? Sure. 
she doesn't go to her first semester, I think, until the fall, is sure. my guess. And when, is, my when guess. did all of this happen? Like, what or what we're talking so, about? So, May. May. Of 96. So, about a year. Okay. Enough time to... to kind of get a grasp of what's going on. Yeah. On the night of May 24th, 1996, Kristen calls home and leaves a voicemail for her mom saying that she had great news and that she would talk to her about it when she called that Sunday. That, that same night, Kristen and some of her girlfriends headed to a frat party that was just off campus. It was Memorial weekend. So, I mean, time to go out, time to party, have fun. It's college. Why not? So her and her girlfriends were walking there, uh, noticed a friend f- uh, drive by, caught their attention, and hopped into their truck. They drove around in the truck for a few hours, um, and then I think, okay, so from what I read, didn't mention it, but again, the podcast had mentioned that she had gone to another party or somebody's house and was hanging out at somebody's house and then she was like no nah, I don't want to do this like let's go to the party let's go to the frat party that we were going to go to mm-hmm. um and I think that they were either in a car at some point um or a car again or at how I'm not too sure again um but Kristen suggested leaving and going to that party but the other girls that she was with they were like nah I really just don't want to go because apparently the there was a not so good reputation of the particular group when alcohol is involved. So this particular group that she was going to the party at. Sure. So like the frat. Yeah, the frat party. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these girlfriends that she's with drop Kristen off a few blocks from the house where the party was being held. PSA. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do that. from your friends. Man. And it is to be said that they did interview one of the girls that was in this and she felt really bad about it. But I think also Good. Yeah. Well sorry, I mean it's not her fault, but like I no. don't care. But I, I just... think we know that now at the time this wasn't nothing bad. In the nineties was like nothing ha- nothing bad happened in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, like clearly all the bad things happened in the nineties, but like it wasn't as well known. Yeah, it, I mean, As it wasn't it today. It wasn't. It wasn't at the, our fingertips like it is right, now. Right, exactly. So I get it. Um, how I'm, I'm not trying to shame that woman, but, but also don't do that. Don't leave your people, man. Don't don't leave your friends. Buddy system. Share your location. <laughs> do you have your exit buddy? <laughs> Share your location with everyone and hold hands. Literally, if possible. We're across the country from each other, and we yeah. share location. <laughs> Just in case I go missing. Share your location. Straight up. I guess this friend had said that Kristen was upset that they didn't want to go with her, but she was just like, okay, whatever, bye. And um, so Kristen gets to the party, but prior to her getting to the party when they, she had separated from those friends, the friends did say that up to this point, nobody was drinking. Kristen hadn't been drinking or anything like that. So hmm. just to be said interesting so yeah so once Kristen gets to the party kind of gets a little fuzzy uh again people are drinking at this party so I think that that's kind of to be expected some say that Kristen was drinking heavily some say that she wasn't drinking at all which is kind of a broad spectrum of things 
I mean, that could be anything though, you know, like right. at, at a frat party, I, I think that most people would assume that everyone's drinking. However, right. I have been to my fair share of frat parties and I don't drink. I've never, I've never been drunk in my life. I don't know if you know that. I uh, did not know that about you. No, I've never, I've never drank. I've never been drunk. I've never had any interest in it, but like, oh, I'll go, I can go hang man. Like I'll go. Well, ha- well I could. I, You're the I DD. Can. Yeah. I mean, I was, I've I love it. So I, I feel like if people saw me at a frat party and maybe saw that I had something in my hand, they would assume. Right. That. If you have like a cup or something. Yeah. Sure. I, mean, I think that maybe the assumption would be, oh, they have a cup. So they're drinking, yeah. but it could just yeah. be like, a girl likes her Dr. Peppa. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it could have been anything. So I just wanted to say that a, a perception is not always correct, you know? Because right. I know people who I've known forever and they're like, what do you mean you don't drink? And just not Hello? Yeah. It's just not my thing. Um, it doesn't surprise me though. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a control freak. I, I really just I don't get it. like yeah. even the option of losing control i mean like if you like are like hey this is tastes really good like try it like i'll try it like sure but i won't any tiniest sip kind of thing tiny tiny Mm -hmm. little sip okay so unknown whether she was drinking could have been drinking heavily could not have been drinking it's kind of all over the place Sure. in the early morning hours of saturday may 25th around like 2 a.m people started this is when like people started leaving the party heading back to campus witnesses say that Kristen, as she left the party went and laid down on a neighbor's lawn but two people at the party who were not really close friends of Kristen, but like more like acquaintances sure uh cheryl anderson and tim davis noticed her you know acting odd and tried to pick her up and get her back to her dorm. As they're leaving, another student, Paul Flores, comes up and is like, hey, y'all go ahead. I, You can go. I've got her. I'll make sure she gets back to her dorm. And they're like, no, it's cool. Like, we'll, we'll stay. We'll, we'll help her. We'll make sure that she's she gets back. So they're walking up the street. Kristen is leaning on Paul for support with her arm around his neck. They cut behind like a recreation center on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it is here that Tim says goodnight as he like cuts off and goes to his car. Sure. So it's still Cheryl and Paul. Cheryl, Cheryl, Paul, and Kristen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cheryl stated that Paul was continuously like trying to get Cheryl to leave them alone throughout the remainder of their walk. He would stop while holding Kristen, who was just kind of like, you know like leaned over um and was like oh it's okay you know you can go you can go i've i've, I've got her and charles like no like no we're good like I'll, I'll make sure that she's you know we're we're walking i'll make sure that you guys are both okay is my assumption she's like you know what i mean like make sure you sure. don't need help once they get to perimeter and grand avenue the dorms were straight for where Kristen's and paul's dorms were mm-hmm and then Cheryl's was, I think, to the left. So, like, going a different sure. way. So, they get they get here, and Chris, Cheryl's like, okay, like, your guys' dorm is literally right here. Are you good? Paul's like, yeah, yeah, I got her. Did it say how well anyone knew this Paul guy? I'll get into that. Okay, because, like, obviously Kristen was drugged. 
And obviously, yeah, Paul is shady. We're not even like into all of this and you can see right through it. Like that's the most frustrating part of this entire case is that it's very, very clear, but she is still missing. And you're like, granted, outside looking in, been to a few frat parties myself and had to take home some drugged friends. But, you know, like I- You don't leave girls alone. Especially with guys. Especially with a guy with this reputation. Uh, okay, go on. Oh. And I, I, I say that, but I don't know that, that Cheryl knew. Sure. His reputation. I mean, so. even if she did, like, what are you going to do? Put yourself in that situation to have they both, as something happened to you? I'm not saying that, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, your dorm's right there. She could have been drinking. She couldn't have been in the right state of mind. Like, there's so many factors. Right, like, exactly. Exactly. Never trust a so, guy named Paul. Straight up. <laughs> At yes. you, Paul Fl- Flores. Um, so Cheryl had to go that different way from where the other two's dorm was. So Cheryl says goodnight and takes off to her dorm. But as she's leaving, this freak says he will get her home safely, but says, you know, Cheryl, can I have a goodnight kiss? And Cheryl's like, uh, dude, no. no Bye. Uh, Deuces. Like, what the fuck? No. So Cheryl leaves. And she's walking. This is poor judgment on Cheryl's part. <laughs> I know, I know. And I and I think I think that they did an interview with her also. And she was just like, like again, I think it was like the double-edged sword type yeah. of thing. Like, I don't I don't know. Mm. Like he's just a freak. So she leaves and she says that she looks back and sees them walking towards the dorms together, and that was it. This would be the last time anybody has seen Kristen. So about two days later is when people start becoming concerned that they haven't seen or heard from Kristen. It was Memorial Day weekend. So she was at a party Friday night, right? So, I mean, she wasn't supposed to call her home until Sunday. So when her mom didn't receive that call back from Kristen like she would, I think that's when people started freaking out. But also because Kristen's roommate hadn't seen or heard from her either. A lot of sources that I found said that it was the norm for students to take off for a few days, but it was very unlike Kristen, especially to not have told anybody. Kristen's roommate, Crystal Calvin, came back to the dorm, but noticed that all of Kristen's personal items were still in the exact same place that they were when Crystal left on Friday. I'm sorry. When Kristen left on Friday, right? Crystal. So, so Crystal left on Friday and yes. when she so, came back after her long weekend, Kristen's stuff was still the same. Right. Those names couldn't have been any. Cl- I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I mean, it's um, your fault. You didn't, you didn't pair them as roommates, but. I definitely did not. All right. Um, and I, I thought I wrote it down somewhere, but I know that the podcast mentions. So everywhere, every source that I could find about this what mentions that Crystal, the roommate, was gone for the weekend, but apparently she was maybe only gone for the night or so- something like that. Sure. Um, she was at least gone Friday night. Right, right. So Crystal noticed that, the, that Kristen's items were still there in the exact same place that they were. Um, 
these were items that Kristen was known to usually have on her at all times. I assume wallet, keys, stuff like that. So that's when Crystal began going around and asking everyone, you know, have you seen Kristen? You know, have you heard from her? Anything? And when no new information came, she tried multiple times to discuss the concern with campus police, but they just blew her off. When they finally did listen, they decided then to contact Kristen's parents to see if she was home. Do we know what day this was that they did this? Yeah, I believe it was Monday. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that uh, Kristen's parents didn't sound the alarms on Sunday when they didn't hear Well, I, I, no, you know what? It says two days later, so, so probably Sunday. Okay. Sorry, I'm asking lots of questions tonight. No, 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 no. I'm glad. That, yeah, this is a very, very confusing case because there's a lot of moving parts in it. Mm-hmm. So you're good. So they contact Kristen's parents and of course they're freaking out. No, she's not home. Like, Mm -hmm. so her dad then decides to go up to the school to be like, yo, where's my daughter? Right. Mm -hmm. So when Stan Smart gets there, he obviously cannot find her and he tries to file a missing persons report with the local police department, but they're like, oh no, no, no. It's too soon. Give it time. Don't do that. People. We see this in too many cases. There is no time frame. To file a missing persons report. I'll say it time and time and time again. People suck. I know. So then after they're told by the local police department that it's too early or to give it time, sorry, they enlisted the help of the campus police department, but then they were like, no, 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 it's too early. You still got to give it time. So like, they're not getting help from any angle. In general, the campus was very hesitant to get involved or really do anything about it or even notify the local police department. They were mainly concerned, it feels like, with ruining their image as a, you know, a major university in California. When the missing persons report was finally filed, the campus police had stated that Kristen's mother told them that Kristen had gone on a camping trip that weekend, but this was absolutely false. So once this is done, friends and family jump into action to help find Kristen. One of Kristen's closest friends was actually friends with Tim Davis and tells him, hey, you know, you're one of the last people to see Kristen. Can you contact Kristen's mother to talk about the night that she went missing? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Still has not called her to this day. So nearly a week later, they finally interview Paul, who was undoubtedly the last person to see Kristen. And he came in and had a black eye and what appeared to be defense wounds like scratches. Paul's like, oh, oh, these? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I just woke up and I don't know. Here they are. They fell down the stairs. (laughs) Probably. Um, But he actually ends up changing his story so many times throughout the investigation. Uh, Because in another statement, he says that he was elbowed during a basketball game. But one of the friends from that game said that he had this black eye prior to the basketball game Sunday night. Oh, this is shitty man. This is shitty police work, man. <laughs> oh, oh, to say the least, literally. So then he changes his story yet again, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, that that shit won't stick." So yeah, I hit my face on the steering wheel when I was installing uh, my new radio. Sorry. And then, and after that, the police are like, hmm, yeah, seems legit. Like, no foul play here. We're good. Uh, in this first interview, he tells investigators that he watched Kristen 
walked towards her dorm just as he was about to go in his and that was it paul's roommate says that paul told him he walked kristen home and then came back to their room so again conflicting information i just want to say i'm sorry i'm looking at pictures of paul flores right now so do you see that mugshot with him with the black eye no or that picture of him with the black eye oh yeah i do yeah so that was taken because i feel like it was because of something else they were just lucky enough to get that picture to prove because they didn't do any other pictures they didn't do any nothing what i was gonna say is he looks real douchey yeah yeah so let's get into a little bit about paul so he has a history Mm -hmm. in december of 1995 he was confronted by police as a suspected peeping tom by climbing onto a balcony of an off-campus apartment Another incident in March of 1996, the residents of the same apartment he was being a peeper in reported harassing phone calls that had been ongoing for six weeks. They report as many as eight times in a row. Approximately six weeks later, he would be given his first DUI with a blood alcohol or a BAC, whatever, of 0.13. After everything came out, I guess when, you know, that Kristen was missing and all that stuff, Paul's roommate ended up joking with Paul or cracking a joke with Paul, asking him what he really did to Kristen. And he says that Paul told him, oh, she's home with my parents. I have so many questions. Why is this college allowing him to still go there? I feel like if you get in trouble with the law, don't they kick you out? Um, that, that may have been changed later on. I mean, like, maybe I'm wrong. Well, the thing is, is he hasn't been charged with anything. You know what I mean? You're right. And maybe that's for, like, And they're trying to keep it hush-hush. Yeah. So that's my guess. What is that comment about being home with his parents? I don't understand about that. Oh, you'll get it. (sighs) There's, There's a lot to this. It's very meaty. And this is, I'm trying to keep it, like, as high level as possible because, seriously, I would recommend you listen to this podcast because it, it is goes into so much information. Listen to the it was so good. Like I got chills listening to this podcast. It was so good. Okay. Listen I'll to add it. it to my list. So after all of this and the police had talked to Paul, the school allowed janitors to clean and sanitize Paul's room. Why? What what why? What? I've lived in a dorm before and no janitors ever cleaned or sanitized my room when I lived in the dorm. Well, apparently they do when you're Paul Flores at Cal Poly. So, uh, what's weird about all of this? Two days after Kristen goes missing, the Flores family poured fresh concrete behind one of their rental homes. Wait, where was Paul's roommate that night? That's a good question. No, he was not. He wasn't there. I think he was out doing, uh, he might have been gone for the weekend. Holiday yeah, weekend. I, he wasn't there. Um, and they have new concrete behind one of their rental homes. Yeah. So another thing to note is that the school had reported a golf cart and two car covers missing from over the be- uh, over the weekend, which the podcast, again, I'm going to say the podcast a million times. They mentioned that, uh, Paul had actually did have access to golf carts and every, he had access to everything. Why? Who is this? Who is this Paul man? Why does he have access to these things? I don't know. I don't know. 
also i i might okay just go go just talk <laughs> i don't like i'm not i, I know don't. it's it's seriously the most frustrating case so frustrating so the investigators then began pushing i'm pouting <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just over here pouting. i know literally the whole time i'm doing this investigation i'm like what the hell what the hell what the hell <laughs> So the investigators then began pushing for a polygraph test. A polygraph test. They began a polygraph test on Paul. Uh huh. They began pushing for a polygraph test, and Paul kept pushing it off, pushing it off until finally they came to pick him up for it. And when they did, it said that the color just like absolutely drained from him when he realized that like they were dead serious about getting a polygraph. And I'm like, bruh, somebody's missing, but okay. Wait, why are they giving him a polygraph test if they're not admissible in court? This is 1996. Bro, they still do it in 2020. I mean, why are they still doing it? I just feel like I think it's a scare tactic. It's a scare tactic. Yeah, but like, yeah, they they don't have any evidence to do anything else. Right. They really don't, other than the fact that he was the last person to be seen with her. He ended up not consenting to a polygraph, but did consent to another interview in which this one was taped. In this interview, they said that he is, like, visibly shaken and uncomfortable and almost like like something is building up. Like, he's getting to that point where he wants to, like, admit something. And finally, he just bursts out and he's like, if you're so smart, then tell me where the body is. And, like, gets up and leaves. So, going back to the golf carts... Paul worked on campus having access to those golf carts, which we know that were reported. The car covers that went missing have never been found, but the golf cart was. And the school ordered it to be scrubbed down when they found it. Was it covered in blood? I don't know. Uh, Probably. Janitors are there to clean it up. up. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, A student later reported that their supervisor felt that they were washing the cart too slowly and started doing it himself which he looked back and was like dude that's kind of weird but like at the time they were like well, whatever like i love i love it here i love it here it's great a year went by and finally police asked to inspect paul's truck but miraculously the, he stole the it. truck's been stolen Oh, even better. Even better. Even better. Even even though he never reported it as stolen. So, love it. Uh, Hmm. When the janitors probably cleaned it anyway. (laughs) These janitors out here, where can they come find my house? Damn janitors. (laughs) Damn janitors. Okay. Stressful. Uh, So, then a new sheriff was assigned to this case and finally felt that it was necessary to look at the campus again with this he brought in four cadaver dogs we love the cadaver pups i love all pups okay but i love cadaver pups yeah i a working dog man a working dog every time i see like uh a service dog in public i'm like oh my god it's a working dog it's a working working dog it's a working dog yeah, working dog. And anytime my my dog see a working dog, I'm like, that's a that's a that dog has a job. What are you doing? <laughs> right? Get it together. What are you doing? Hello? So okay. there's a quote that I I wanted to like put out there for more information on the use of these cadaver dogs. But 
just kind of to understand. So, and you probably already know this. Yes, smarty pants. Me? Yeah. So there are three primary stages of decay. Autolysis, decomposition, and putrefaction. Autolysis is the first stage of decay, is more commonly known as self-digestion, during which the body's cells are destroyed through the action of their own digestive enzymes. And it it eats themselves. uh It's so fucking cool. Ugh. I, I love, love bodies. I love, bodies are so cool. I love so, bodies. Hashtag so the, I love bodies. <laughs> the guts, the like the the. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna go there anyway. We'll I talk about it. this another time. I love it. When I was learning about this, I was like, so like the the your gut. I can't I can't stop myself. But like the gut enzymes in your stomach, they need to be fed. Like that's why we feed them, and like they live off those things. And, and if you don't feed them, they eat you. Yeah. Oh, bitch. And when when you're not feeding them. And everything like that, they're like, we, this is a, this is a substance that we can eat and blah, 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 blah. So the bacteria just needs to be fed and like. So essentially we're like calming the beast that Mm -hmm. doesn't, oh my God. That is so cool. Bodies are so fucking cool. I love it. That is so cool. I mean, like some science people are going to come at me because I'm not using technical terms. Okay. That's virtually Who's that's technical. What it is. Who's technical here? You use a word like administ, it's ministrivia. <laughs> and churchly (laughs) anyways so this uh it's the scent of these digestive enzymes that the cadaver dogs are able to you just saved this case for me i'm sorry i love i love this stuff (laughs) see it's like it's like the little things it's little things over here cheesing now working pups working pups in science man (laughs) hashtag working pups in science so when these dogs were brought in, their handlers were advised nothing of the case, uh, but just to simply allow their dogs to do their things, which I think is normal. Mm-hmm. Each dog and its handler went in one at a time, and all four dogs alerted to Paul's dorm room, room 128. All four also alerted to three specific areas within Paul's room. The edge of Paul's bed, the trash can, and the telephone. Telephone? Uh-huh. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Allegedly, that night, Paul may have called his father, Reuben, who lived about 15 miles away from the campus, and was told to get off campus, use a payphone to call him back. Fun fact, his father worked for the payphone company. Huh. Did he tell him, like, hey, meet me at my rental, at our rental house? And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this all comes from... Bring your laundry... I don't know. Is that code word for body? I don't know. Bring bodies. <laughs> um, this all comes from Susan Flores, Paul's mom, tells her coworker something had to have happened because her husband received a call and ran out of the house so fast. So, like, my theory, and this is not backed by anything other than what I have made assumptions on, my assumption is that... So, this is what happened, guys. Take notes. Take notes. So... <laughs> My theory is that Susan had no idea that any of this had gone on, um, potentially until, like, later. Yeah, so what it sounds like to me is that they, like, he called his dad, they handled it, and Susan just went about her day being an office gossip and was like, meh, meh, meh. Right. And, like, Karen was like, how was your weekend? And she was like, you want to know how my weekend was? 
my, my damn son woke my husband up and he had to run out of the house and god knows what happened because i'm just a dumb woman and i don't ask questions right and this but is like, why they didn't tell her anything because she apparently she's got a big mouth but apparently not because she still ain't said shit and yeah, I mean, my theory is that she probably still has no idea like to the full extent she probably doesn't even think her son is capable of it well so <laughs> that um, face yeah so she's gotta know because before they moved to san luis obispo paul had beaten the living shit out of another student at a high school or something like that and they had like settled out of court and moved away again going back to i'm gonna say it a million times the podcast they actually did an interview with this guy and got the full story of what happened and it is horrible it just gives you like even more of a reason to believe that he is capable of something so horrendous like it oh so in july of 1996 police conducted their first search of paul's father's home their main house and not the rental house i'm assuming Uh, right right since apparently paul frequently stayed with him when he wasn't in school according to the smart family all they did was go in and ask questions and didn't really do much of a search but they did bring a cadaver dog to paul's mother's home at one point and this dog are they not together um i don't believe so but and i don't know if this was like i I, it's kind of there's not too much information about it and to be completely honest i didn't look into it because they're such shitty people i don't really care to know more about these people um Mm -hmm. but my understanding was that this was a rental home at the time and maybe she had moved back into the house Okay. Again, going back to the podcast, it, it kind of mentions how they were renting it and then she like kicked them out or some the renter the renters out, got them out sure. of the house and then moved in. So I'm not uh, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. I just know that the mother owned it. Um so they did bring the cadaver dog to Paul's mom's house and this dog Buster alerted to the far left rear corner of the backyard. Oh, Buster. 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 Um, allegedly, there is an eyewitness who saw Paul and another person working late into the night behind the house. However, the statements from this individual are inconsistent, so take that with a grain of salt. Also, okay. to mention, going back to Buster, Buster apparently wasn't taken seriously because his handler had retired and when he retired his certification expired but like bro just because your certification expires doesn't mean they stop smelling dead bodies did you look up pictures of buster oh oh, bitch i have a picture (laughs) i have a picture of buster in susan's backyard alerting to kristen's body (laughs) i say kristen's body like i know that it's back there but like i know that it's back there i think we all know that it's back there Buster is such a perfect guy. He's a young okay. boy. I hope he gets all the puppuccinos. Puppuccinos. Okay. So, in November of 96, the Smart family filed a wrongful death suit against Flores. But Flores refused to answer anything during depositions, hiding behind the Fifth Amendment. Because Paul did this, they had no body, 
nor any evidence or even a person stating that he was there that night the case fell through uh, apparently the tenant of that rental property found an earring and gave it over to police they had no idea about any of this did they throw it away no no, no they gave it to police um, no, the police the police threw it away it sounds like they weren't great police officers <laughs> shut up don't make that face at me um so she turned it over to police but the smart family did not find out about this earring until that tenant was in a deposition and asked if the earring she found was Kristen's. Kristen's mom was shook and she was like hello what earring and she continuously asked the police department if she could see it because Kristen had a pair of turquoise earrings that she loved and wore all the time and the pair was never found so it was assumed that she was wearing it the night that she disappeared uh eventually the police department was like oh yeah we lost it i don't know this damn janitor (laughs) (laughs) there was a second search conducted of the home although details and dates are unknown uh june of 2000 the third search was held of the flora's home yet again no excavation was done of the yard to potentially find Kristen's body. I was just going to say, my, I've been wanting to ask this question since you told me this, but did they, did they dig up that, uh, that concrete? Taylor shaking her head no. No, no. They didn't break up the concrete. They sure did not. They sure did not. Be- and I'll, I'll let you know about what happened that, about that in here in a minute. Can you hurry up? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm getting into concrete. it. I'm getting like, into it. Okay, so. The moment you told me they had new concrete, I was like. Yeah. Anyway. So sorry. so the search warrant that they had executed, um, the police the police go back and say, yeah, I mean, like, we went and searched, but the search warrant says, or didn't exclusively say that we were allowed to dig. However, it did actually allow them to dig. And rumor has it that somebody within the police department said that they took a vote. They took a vote if they were going to dig. <laughs> they flipped a coin like they we do with our uh, elections. Yep. They were like, yeah, I, I really don't think I want to dig this up because, you know, if we don't find anything, it's going to be too expensive to, to fill it up. So, um, yeah, we're just not going to dig. We're not going to dig. Solid police work, honestly, like grade A. You know, <clears throat> yeah. So there have been quite a few searches of the property since Kristen went missing, and nothing's been found or really searched. Like it sounds like, it has said that there was a rumor that Ruben Flores, Paul's father, had a little too much to drink at one point and told someone that Kristen's body was rolled up in a carpet and buried. Yet still, no arrests. Floral. Um, in 2002, Kristen Smart was legally declared as deceased. In 1998, they enacted the Kristen Smart Campus Safety Act, um, which requires campus security to contact and work with local law enforcement for any cases involving violence involving students. Um, so there's like a couple more things that I wanted to read. There's a quote from KristenSmart.com. KristenSmart.com received a tip which said, I am the contractor who built the detached garage in the right rear portion of the Flores Arroyo Grande house a number of years ago. She is not buried under that foundation. 
Placing a human body under such a small foundation would have been almost impossible to pull off without us knowing about it. However, it occurred to me that recently there was something about a backyard that may be of interest to you. Some months before Susan contacted me to work up a bid for her garage, she had contacted me and asked me to give her a bid on building an arbor in her backyard up against the existing house. I gave her a quote, but never heard back from her. Later, when I came over to work up a bid for her garage, I noticed that the arbor that I had bid on had been built and completed and a new concrete slab, if my memory serves me correctly. I didn't think much of this at the time. After all, I, didn't, I don't expect to get all jobs that I bid on. It did seem odd, though, that after rejecting my bid for being too high, she would call me back for another bid. There's a lot to go into right there. And I just realized that I never mentioned that the different places that have been thought to be where Kristen's body is, the detached garage was obviously one of them. But this person saying that it's not there. And also, I don't personally believe that it's there because I trust working dogs. So I think Same. Buster ha- has the nail on the head. So wait, describe what an arbor is because I just looked it up. It's literally like an arch. A wood it's arch. like a wooden arch. Yeah, that I've, I've seen in like gardens and stuff like this. So let me do this real quick, though. And this picture is going to be up on our Instagram for everybody to see just as a, as a heads up. Um, so wait. Well, the, so what I'm, so my point of looking up the arbor is because when you said the person, I just have a lot of questions about that. Um, one, have we verified anything about this guy or this tip or anything? This is just a quote that I got from the website. So I, I haven't, I have no idea. Okay. This is just, uh, so if yeah. you look at this picture of Buster, it shows you what this area looks like and it looks like a garden so why an arbor would go there he's so handsome he's so handsome i'm gonna zoom in because he look at that face he's like look i did it i did it you a star buster i'm sorry he's a star he really is i i i vaguely and i i didn't write any of this down but the um the podcast has mentioned that because in that picture you see that the backyard directly backs up to that other house mm-hmm. they would not allow so the flores family would not allow a soil sample from their house but the other one but the other one did and i believe it they mentioned that it had some particles come back but science I, lo- I love science. I love that we're able to find these things, but I love that dogs can smell this. Like, I just love that. I love cadaver dogs. I think that that is the coolest thing. Like, I just have questions about that statement. I sure, don't know. sure, sure. Let's, let's- no, no, no. That's just like in my head. Like, I just, if, a, if the contractor is saying that they couldn't put a body under a garage, the only thing in my head I could imagine why they couldn't do that is because they need it to be flat. And like right. very flat. I don't know the other word. Another word for flat. Level? <laughs> Level. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's it's 1.30 here in the morning. Leave me alone. Well, anyway. Um, so I guess you would probably just want your garage to be level. So, but I guess in arbor you wouldn't need to worry about that as much 
that's probably my guess. Also, if it's uh, what is this a garden? I I think that a, a human body is great fertilizer. So um, that's don't horrible. Do that. I don't suggest it. However, um, zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Composting is probably a better option and way more legal. Um, True. That would make more sense as to why. Mm-hmm. Her body would be there, and obviously Buster. Buster done knew the damn thing. Yeah, man. Done knew the damn thing. Good boy, Buster. Is he still alive? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, he okay. is. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buster is out there not really doing much other than living his best life, probably getting all the puppuccinos. Yes. He deserves them. Buster Sandler, I hope you're listening to this. You probably won't. Please keep but please give him one treat from Amanda and one treat from Taylor. And a puppuccino. And a puppuccino and a little booty scratch. Oh, those are the best. And the behind, right behind the ear notches. Those are my dog's favorites. Or his chest, if he likes, just whatever he likes. Just whatever, whatever he likes, just give him like some extra love. Yeah. Because we believe in Buster. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, so in 2016, the new sheriff stated that he was going to start digging in some locations around the university to try and find Kristen's body. Some believe that Paul got nervous that his mother's home would be on that dig list because not soon after Paul was arrested for his fourth DUI. Bro has a lot of guilt if this tells you anything. Also, in 2016, four women came forward with claim of sexual assault against Paul. One being in 1994 when he was accused of drugging and raping a fellow student. Another was told that they couldn't pursue anything as Paul and his friend said the girl was drunk and it was consensual. Fucking gross. Excuse my language, but that is gross. And this is why women don't report sexual assault. Say it again for the people in the back. So in April of this year, another warrant was served, but this one is sealed and all we know is it's for specific items from the home of Paul Flores, but there's not much else. Kristen's mother has said that she was contacted by the FBI and was told, quote, be ready. This is really going to be something you don't expect. We want to give you the support that you need. And I just put like, hella question marks like you can't just put something like this out there and not give us anything i mean obviously she doesn't have anything but like hello so as far as facts of the case kristen is still missing nothing has been dug up and paul is still the one and only suspect he did it 100 percent. so i want to kind of talk to you about theories my per- personally what i think happened and this is just my theory this isn't stated as fact. This is just my theory. My theory is that Paul was at that party, put something in her drink. Because my my guess is Kristen just wanted to go to this party, like maybe dance, have a good time, hang out with some people, and then go home. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think that she was drinking. And even if she was, not, I, I don't think she would have been there enough, long enough for, for her to be as in bad a shape as she was said to have been when she left the party, mm-hmm. right? So my theory is that Paul was at the party, drugged her, 
took her back to his dorm room and raped her. And I think that that's as far as he thought that it was going to go. My guess is that she asphyxiated on her vomit from being drugged and he didn't know what the fuck to do. So because his truck, he didn't have, and like it's kind of convoluted, but he didn't have access to his truck at the time um, due to, I might've been drinking and driving. It might've been something I'm not sure, but at this time he didn't have access to his truck, which would make Mm -hmm. sense for the golf cart to have gone missing and the car covers that have never been found. So my guess is he, yep. My guess is he went to get that golf cart, the cart car covers, covers her body in it and takes them out. So I think that she asphyxiated. He checks her pulse and grabs the phone. Hmm. That's my theory. And so he calls her his, his father and they buried her under a concrete slab. Also heavy, heavy, heavy suspicion. Almost like, almost like pretty much everybody knows the university knew what happened and was trying to cover up to keep them out of headlines. People also believe that Ruben Flores had ties to the police department and was tipped off about the searches on the homes. Which, I mean, realistically, anything is a possibility in this case because we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel my theory is a pretty decent one considering the information we do have. But, I mean, that's my guess. I That's all that we have. There is a huge movement to get them, like there's a big old hashtag going around, dig up the yard. Because they, and I don't know why they haven't. Like, it's just, it's pure insanity to me. It's pure insanity. But I think, again, going back to this podcast, that they have brought up a lot more media attention that Kristen's case needed mm-hmm. to be solved and to put the pressure on the Flores family as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just curious why they haven't dug up the yard. They just, they haven't. Because they have to have new evidence or new and something for them to be able to go back for another warrant. Because the person that wrote, like I said, the person that wrote the warrant said that the initial warrant that they had yeah, it says right uh, here. Authorized, authorized a dig. The but... first warrant authorized a dig. I know this because I provided most of the information for the warrant. I forced the warrant on a skeptical police, police force. I was told that the officers present did not want to pay to have the concrete repaired if the search turned up nothing. That was a lost opportunity. Okay, but why not say, okay, dig up the yard, we'll fundraise money to have it repaired if nothing's found you know what i mean mm-hmm. like then it's one because like at the end of the day the the smart family is just sitting there essentially knowing where their daughter's at and knowing what happened but knowing that this person is just free to continue being a fucking creep it's disgusting i hate this so i highly 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 encourage anybody that is has any inkling of more interest in this case to go listen to that podcast, Your Own Backyard, because there is so much information. They explore different options, different people that may have been involved. They explore everything. So it's not like a biased standpoint, but it kind of everything always ends up pointing back to Paul. Mm-hmm. So the, this podcast gives a really deep dive into all of the evidence here. 
they get um, experts in and it's just a very, very well done podcast and they are, work very closely with, with the family also. So um, I highly recommend you check them out. Um, also keep an eye out. I mean, cause I mean, it's still an active and ongoing investigation. I feel like if anything good comes from 2020, it'll be that they dig up that yard. Um, if, if I'm going to put it out for 2021, because that'd be a good way yeah. to start 2021. But like, I wouldn't be mad if that's the only thing good that came from this year. So yeah, that's Kristen. And um, I hope that her parents are able to find her body and be able to actually lay her to rest and have some peace, get you know, some answers. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that bastard Paul gets what he deserves, man. Fuck you, Paul. I you hope disgusting. Come from you. I hope you get buried alive in concrete. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> come at me, Paul. Yep. Paul. Peeping Paul. We sh- it should have been like Peep. Paul the Peeper. It should have been like peeping Paul instead of peeping Tom. Shut up. I'm changing it. I'm 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 trademarking it. Hashtag peeping Paul. Hashtag. I'm putting that on our post. Hashtag peeping Paul. Hashtag bury Paul in concrete alive. <laughs> I don't like it. And and his dirty ass father. Yeah, Reuben. Reuben. Nobody likes a Reuben. Reubens are actually pretty freaking delicious. We hope you join us every Monday for a weekly episode. And as an added bonus, we've deemed the first Sunday of every month as Serial Killer Sunday. So you can look forward to an extra long episode about our favorite serial killers once a month. Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send over your case suggestions via email at naptimeinvestigations at gmail.com or there is a link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining this party. Bye!